0: This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary. Whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more.
1: Welcome to GO! My favorite sports team, I am Markiplier, bringing you the very best in sporting news that you'd ever want to know, or ever could possibly know. Uh, we report on all sports here, and by we, I mean me and Tyler. Hi, that's master me. Of balls in- no, I wasn't done. Oh, shit. Uh, go, uh, <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> master of balls and holes, the one and only
0: tried. Oh wow! You made it like my middle name, like you used to, in all of the uh, the old the old Markiplier makes videos. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, it's good to see you in three dimensions again. You know, last time it was a little weird seeing you as uh, you know some sort of Lixian drawing. I guess I don't know.
1: What does that even mean?
0: Yeah, you were you were just like two dimensional, like in the the last episode that we posted. It was it was really bizarre. Uh, you know, you had a new look to you. I'm not going to knock it. Like I have no
1: recollection of this event.
0: Y- you know, you look good in both. Both cases, you're great-looking dude. Whether 2D or 3D. Okay, thank you. That really is a compliment,
1: but I'm more confused than anything. But I'll try not to question it too further.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, uh, I'm sure the audience is appreciating the extra words you're able to say this time too. Thanks. Yes. You turned into a two-dimensional character, and it was it was crazy. Was there an episode without me or something? What happened? Yeah, uh, man, you must have really, really got transformed in that under the bent that that other dimension did wonders on you man i don't know what tyler's someone please on the subreddit inform me because i was
1: out last week because i had to take an emergency trip for the movie and it was super last minute and i wasn't able to do an episode what happened it's fine everything's fine what do you mean what
0: happened did you synthesize me? No, it was just it was just you, uh, and you went to the animated animation dimension.
1: What are you talking about? Uh, what does you, that even mean?
0: <laughs> you became an animated character. It doesn't matter. Last it doesn't week
1: explain were... it?
0: <laughs> we agreed
1: that we were just not going to post an episode.
0: <laughs> Listen, by bygones be bygones. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Yep, an episode went up. Uh, It was for the Swifties, you know, so they could learn football. Anyway, let's talk about football's grandparents. No, we won't. No. Why? No.
1: No, we won't, because there's jacuzas that have been stacking up, and if we don't get through them, then you're going to
0: get an ego and think that you know everything, which you don't. I... You're right. I don't know everything. I know a lot about sports. I've been around sports, you know. Uh
1: Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. First off, uh, let's get this right out of the way from Trevesty. has a very good point. The title is The Forgotten. Mark and Tyler, it is, well, mostly Tyler. It has come to my attention that you have not been doing the J'Q's. And this is mostly Tyler's fault. This was one way our voice could be heard on the podcast. You love doing them on episodes of the past. They were there, and now they're slowly leaving leaving the podcast, leaving your minds. Are we no longer worthy of your voice, love? Are we the children of this podcast? And your love for us has been leaving. You cast us aside and no longer speak what we send you. And we all see it. Some people even put it into long paragraphs like you wish we do. Tyler, and none have been seen. Tyler, please don't leave us. We have so many thoughts and passionate jacuses for you. Please, Mark, yell them on the top of your lungs. Let our words be heard. Let us know we matter in your heavenly eyes. No, Tyler, what do you have to say for yourself?
0: Uh, I'd like to point out that uh, Mark uh, is the sole uh, possessee of the Jacuzes. Uh-huh. His body is the soundboard for you guys to send your messages through. I have zero control over whether he allows your messages to be transferred into his body and therefore expelled towards me so that I can expel them with mighty force and vicious attack. A rebuttal would be not attack, rebuttal. Um, But uh, so it's not my fault. It's uh, Mark's fault. Blame uh-huh. Mark. Well, here. OK, here's the truth of the matter. Every week,
1: uh, Tyler, before he starts recording, he comes over to me and he says, look, man, I just hate our fans. I can't stand them. I can't stand the way they smell. And I think you smell lovely. But he was like, they smell bad and I hate them. And I, if I have to hear another one of their opinions again, no matter how right their opinions are and how out of justified their jacuses may be, I just can't. So he begs me. He gets down on his knees. It's really sad. He's crying at this point. Snot is dribbling out of his nose. Um, you know, tears are streaming everywhere. It's getting on my shoes and he's just like, please, please, I can't take it. They're so right and I'm so wrong every time with the jacuzas. I can't take it. And then, you know, that goes on for like 50 minutes and I'm like, dude, we got to record fine. Oh, just we can't we could, have, we could have gone through the jacuzzis and it would have been fine. So that's every episode, and I don't know when it's going to stop, but he didn't do it this time, so I decided to sneak them in. You're welcome, everybody.
0: I'm your hero. Uh, I mean, the reality is uh, the, the true truth of the matter is um, it's the reverse of that. I get down on my knees and I beg Mark to go and read the excuses because I think you guys are lovely people and I love hearing from you and interacting with you. Those of you who had met me in person absolutely know this to be true. And also on top of that, the real actual reason is because Mark has been insanely busy and we just literally have had to put, like squeeze episodes in at the various smallest time windows imaginable.
1: Well, that sounds like an incredible excuse. I would never betray the trust of the people listening who are also very handsome and or beautiful and always incredible in everything that they do. So I will go ahead and move on to the next accused because it gets even worse than that. Your sins will be exposed for everyone to see. Uh, I don't think so. By Quasifloth, Quasisloth. <laughs> Quays a sloth, says Tyler, the so-called king of balls and holes, knower of sport. The knockout stages of the Men's Rugby World Cup are underway and still no primer. You already decided that the Women's World Cup wasn't worth a rugby pyreimer, but I had hoped that perhaps you hadn't had a chance to learn about the greatest game in the world when that was on. I assume that you would have been using the time available to study up for one of the biggest international sporting events in the world. Maybe you were reaching out to some experts to come on and explain the intricacies of the game, but no. Instead, while a showcase of some of the world's greatest athletes plays out before you, you would rather pander to the Swifties and try and grift a few listeners while suddenly NFL is interesting. There are other oval ball sports out there, Mr. Scheid. If only you realized the world existed outside of North America, the USA will be hosting a Rugby World Cup in eight years. And I say, you, as the knower of sports, have a responsibility to let the masses know about the wonderful sport of rugby. Union specifically. League can wait. P.S. Mark, the South Korean team are currently ranked 30th in the world. Perhaps raising the profile of rugby further could continue growing the game there, and we could see them competing at the World Cup in a few cycles. Do you hate Korea as well as our fans, Tyler?
0: No. I would like to point out that at the very beginning- He
1: hates you? No, he hates you. We heard it from the horse's mouth. No, I don't- I don't hate them. I hate no one. He's calling
0: you no one my god the people are someone (laughs) all right i would like to point out Uh and mark will lie about this but somewhat acknowledge it but at the very beginning of this episode mark recently just said Uh i had to leave on an emergency and i don't know what happened last week because we weren't supposed to have an episode but i had a repost episode because people told me to do things so i did things and it was very nice and complicated and it was fun but That episode was supposed to be the Rugby Primer, and henceforth this is going to be the Rugby Primer, which I have prepped for, willingly indulging myself in the World Cup competition. Ugh, don't indulge yourself in things, that's gross. I've been enjoying myself watching the Rugby World Cup- Oh god, no, he's been enjoying himself. I have been spectating the sport in all of its glory in France, where the World Cup is- the, the, the World Cup is taking place. His home country, we know, we know. But alas, Mark had an emergency trip, and we could not do the episode that was planned for last week. So it is henceforth this week that the Rugby Primer shall occur. And unfortunately, four teams that were left and made it to the knockout round have now been dismissed, and they are in the semifinal, and we will be discussing it now, henceforth, to discuss what will come of the World Cup final.
1: Great. So he's doing this just because your jacuzas were there. It worked. Your jacuzas reveal the truth. He is now going to do the rugby primer, but he is very upset about it.
0: I did not get swayed by jacuzas. He hates you. I merely planned and waited. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> i
1: don't know why we both slipped into that but <laughs> i don't know it just came out yes, yes,
0: of course <laughs> this episode is brought to you by new balance you don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary whether you're chased by bears zombies monsters the apocalypse is coming But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings? Absolutely yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%?
1: Maybe, but for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com/sports team. That's r o c k e t m o n e y.com/s p o r t s t
0: e a m. That's rocketmoney.com sports team all right mark it's finally time yes the audience has been calling for it uh-huh the world has been watching the egg-shaped ball has been amassed onto the fields of glory it's time for the rugby primer okay mark yes what do you know about rugby
1: all right so this is what i know about rugby it's two teams no pads one ball two goals referees in there somewhere their moms are on the sideline they got their hair pulled back they got their scrot tied up they've got things in their asses or out their urethras either or works and then they go out on the field someone fires a
0: gun a cannon explodes and then they tackle each other there were parts of that that were correct and parts of that that we do not tell know where they which ones were. <laughs> You'll have to figure it out by watching the Rugby World Cup. Uh-huh. So, like I said earlier, rugby is the predecessor to what became American football. We actually talked a bit about the history of rugby in the soccer primer. Do you remember the differentiation of rugby football and association football is and what those sports became known as? What? What did you just ask me? I, I blanked out. What? Remember the Oxford nerds?
1: Oh!
0: I do remember this. Those goddamn nerds. They differentiated the two different forms of football that took place in England. Oh! One became known as... The Oxford nerd balls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the scrote gogglers. It's something like that. I'm not too far off, am
0: I? It was... The Tallywhackers! It was rugger football and association football, which became soccer, because it was a soccer, and then rugger became rugby, and that's why we had soccer and rugby, but then once soccer went to Australia and the US, they started going to be like, no, that's the real football. That's the original football. Okay.
1: All right. That sounds fine. I got no issues with that.
0: Rugby today is played by over 8 million people across the globe with over 500 million fans watching. While it's not as popular in the U.S. because of the advent of the NFL, currently the 2023 Rugby World Cup is taking place in France with the World Cup final occurring on October 28th.
1: Wow, that's pretty cool.
0: While we don't know how many people are viewing this year's World Cup because it's still ongoing, Uh 857 million viewers worldwide watched the World Cup in 2019. Damn! 815 million? 800 million? 857 million viewers worldwide. Damn! Damn! The knockout bracket that just took place had Wales facing off against Argentina, Ireland against New Zealand, England against Fiji, and France against South Africa. Unfortunately for some of these teams, they have been officially knocked out as Argentina defeated Wales, New Zealand knocked off Ireland, South Africa knocked out the hosting country of France, and England defeated Fiji. Damn. France lost by one point. Damn. 29 to 28. Damn. It's wild. 29 to
1: 28. Okay, all right, interesting. That tells me something about the scoring system.
0: Yeah, maybe you'll figure it out as we continue. All right. But at mark. What? It's time for Act 1. The history of rugby.
1: Here we go. Here comes the Romans. I'm ready. I'm ready for those Romans and the mountains and the Yetis. I'm going to carve up a tree. We're going sledding.
0: Tell me how rugby began. How you think it was.
1: Oh, man. All right. So there's an ancient Roman... Bra- you okay? <laughs> My mic just came off the stand. Oh, that's a problem. Anyway, you fix that. I'll tell everyone about the history of rugby. All right, everyone. You know what the deal is with rugby. You've got a ball and you've got holes. Tyler's family long, long ago, back when they were the ancient Shides, actually known back then as Schiots, as they were uh, in the ancient Roman dialect. You know, per- early parts of France were part of the Roman Empire, and when they decided that they were going to forge the ultimate ball, and uh, they were already in possession of the ultimate hole, that was passed on from Shide to Shide. And then they just decided that <laughs> there were the. And then there was a great fight, and some other town was like, "How dare ye! You cannot possess the ultimate hole and the ultimate ball. It's too much power." And they got their biggest, burliest men. But all of the shied or the shiads were big, burly men. Um, you know, when you bask in the glow of the ultimate hole, you just you can't help but grow big and strong. <laughs>
0: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you now that my but mic spot spin- over the ball. No.
1: <laughs> that's that's rugby.
0: There were several versions of football that have evolved over the centuries, uh. many of which have differentiated themselves, like such as becoming soccer. However, rugby it is itself originated in the mid 1800s Britain during the Victorian era. Mm-hmm. But there are games similar that date back to the ancient Romans. That's right. They strike again. You were on par with your initial guess. I was right. Okay. All right. Cool. What else was
1: I right about? You'll never know. You'll never know.
0: So the rules for the game were created at the rugby school in England in 1845, though there's no solid proof it said the sport was invented at the rugby school in 1823 when William Webb Ellis picked up the ball and started running with it instead of kicking it. Hmm. Whether that story is true or not, the game of rugby evolved over the second half of the 1800s. The rules and number of players changing as the sport developed, and it spread across Europe, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa by the 1880s. The sport continued to change and grow in popularity until the first World Cup that was held in 1987 in Australia and New Zealand. And it was wildly popular, and the tournament has taken place every four years since then. Mm. And by the mid-1990s, it became the fourth largest televised sporting event with an estimated 2.7 billion viewers across 124 countries.
1: 2.7 billion? There's no way that could... When was this? The mid-1990s. There is zero way that is
0: trackable, number one, possible... That is an exaggeration, for sure. For sure. In the mid-1990s, we had amassed a significant population. 2.7 billion would make sense. The NFL hadn't fully become super super popular in the united states
1: 2.7 bill- are you kidding that's a th- at the time that would be like half of the popular uh, one out of like one out of every three humans it maybe even closer to one out of every two watch three out of every five humans watch that rugby thing i doubt that 2.7 billion there is no way this is the data i found I don't even think 2.7 billion people had access to television. This is like those social subscribe or like following numbers. It's where they're like, they tabulate all of your social media accounts. He's got over like 120 million followers in reality. It's like, you do know those are the same people. Yeah.
0: Cross, anyway. Yeah. It's probably what it is. Anyway, Mark. Yes. We're already in act two. Oh, good. It's time to play. I'm ready. What do you think is needed? I, just chutzpah. Chutzpah? Chutzpah. Well, you need clothes. It's a requirement. It's in -uh. the rules. No way. They're they're required. You Mm. know, you need clothes and you need a ball. That's it. And a field. All right. While equipment like a mouth guard and soft helmet are encouraged for safety purposes. Okay. They aren't required. It's up to the player to decide whether or not they want to wear them. Huh. Yeah. So the rugby ball. So this ball is like an egg. It's less pointed. It's more of an oval. And it's like an egg. There's four panels of leather, natural rubber, or synthetic materials around an inflatable latex bladder. Bladder. Rugby balls are 11.8 inches long. All right. And just over 30 inches end-to-end circumference. With a width of 24.4 inches. You're not
1: going to give me like some whole ritual where I got to light 13 candles that have to be exactly 13.3 centimeters spaced apart. And then I got to whittle something out of the
0: bone of a whale that I fished out with my own bare hands. No, no. That's what these other sports have always needed. No, no. This, this, But the surface of the ball does need to have a bumpy texture to allow players to better grip it. All right. The rugby clothing is somewhat important because the numbers matter in this sport because your number designates your position. It's fascinating. Okay. Make sure you bring your underwear because you don't want to be popping out anytime soon. Okay. And then rugby boots or rugby cleats are important because you can only have six or eight cleats on them and they can only be uh, up to 0.82 inches long with rounded edges so you can't stab other players with them. And this is important because the refs check it. No stabbies, Mark. No stabbies. No stabbies? No stabbies. No stabbing.
1: Well, I wasn't trying to... Why are you you asking me like I was trying to snap? I wasn't stabbing anybody. You think about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. Yeah, you're right. You're
1: right. Uh, You got me. I'll get you next time. All right. (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. Whatever.
0: Now it's for the playing field. Mm. Mark, Mm. this sport is quite accessible, much like the other version of football that became soccer. Mm. because all you need, again, is a ball. Mm. You're going to need other players, of course, but the dimensions of the field are 100 to 122 meters Mm -hmm. with a width of 68 to 70 meters. It is both longer and wider than a football field. Okay. So the layout is really interesting. (sighs) There's 22-meter lines that run parallel to the goal lines and are 22 or 24 meters from each try line. Try line? Yes. Okay. Don't explain
1: anymore. That was enough. I'm good.
0: Just a try line, man.
1: Just a, tri- <laughs>
0: just, just
1: a try line, man. Yeah, okay. All right. I follow. I got gotcha. you. All
0: right. I'm going to pull up a picture for you so you can see this. All right. Good. If this picture will load. What the frick
1: am I looking at?
0: This is a rugby field. Okay. It
1: looks like a circuit diagram. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This legitimately looks like a circuit diagram. Okay, so for those who are listening, what I see, I'm going to describe it exactly as I see it. Okay, we've got... uh, It looks like a cross-section of a building, okay? The bottom is like the quote-unquote goal area. This looks like the basement of the building. It's empty, it's destitute, there's nothing you want down there, and if you go down there, you're never coming back. The second floor has like a bunch of cafeteria tables. And in the middle of it is what looks like an H. But I'm guessing that's the goalpost. So this is where you're eating. This is where you're close to eating. uh, And then, you know, it goes up from there. Watch out on the third and fourth floor. There's a lot of electrically charged ions floating in the air. Some positive on the left and right channel, negative in the center. Uh, both of those floors are no man's land. You do not want to go there. Um, on the... Fifth floor, well, if you're counting the basement being zero, and then a one, two, three, four. On the fourth floor, gravity inverses. That cafeteria is now in the ceiling. Good luck knowing which way is up and which way is down, Uh, but if you manage to get to the ceiling, you get in the other end goal area, and you have one. And also marking every single floor are flags
0: for uh de- decoration. So the try line and the goal line are the same. Ah. If that helps. It doesn't. So the goal line is where the goal posts are. Uh-huh. It's also the area where you would have to touch the ball to score points. Ah. So the 22-meter lines run parallel to the goal lines and are 22 or 24 meters from the goal line or the try line. Okay. This is where lineouts and scrums will take place.
1: Scrums. Yeah.
0: Scrums are scrums are a fascinating part of the game. So a line-out is when a, ball, uh, when a play is restarted after the ball goes off the field of play, so if it goes out of bounds. Uh-huh. And a scrum is restarting play after there's a rule break, which is anytime there's, like, a penalty. Uh-huh. So if somebody breaks the rules or something happens and they restart play, the, you, you can elect for a, a scrum if it's in a certain position on the field, or you can elect for a penalty kick to be able to try and kick it through the uprights for three points. Okay. But that's only within when you're within range where you think you could kick it between the uprights that they would go for penalty kicks. Okay, all right. that's pretty cool. Which would be the 22 meter line. So you have to be on the opposing sides of the field towards the like like you're moving towards scoring end. Okay, all right, that sounds cool. The halfway line, very obvious. It's the midpoint. It's also where the game is restarted after a try is scored or when there's a conversion, which is when they basically a touchdown when they touch the ball to the ground. A lot of these terms, will, you'll see, are like the foundations of what became American football terms. Uh-huh. Okay. The touch lines are the sidelines, which is the out-of-bounds, and a line-out is awarded to the opponent if the team that last touched the ball and it goes out-of-bounds. Okay. Basically, if I ran out-of-bounds out, out of bounds with the ball, the other team would get the ball to throw into their team.
1: Okay. Got it.
0: The interesting part about this, Mark, uh-huh. search up line-out in rugby. Get a video. A video, because uh, in the throw-ins, there's something you're gonna love. The which video am I looking at? Just look in best lineout plays. Okay, rugby's greatest lineup moves. Am I sharing this? What am I doing? Yeah, go ahead and share it. Okay. All right. So they—that's some trickery, but you'll watch. They'll. Sometimes, they'll have two people lift one person in the air to catch the ball. Ah, Like that. I
1: see. Ah, I see.
0: And that was something you wanted to do in football. Oh, I see.
1: Oh! Oh, you're right! (laughs) Vaulting! (laughs) Lifting! It's possible!
0: That's the one play I wanted you to see, and I knew it was shown multiple times in this video.
1: Ah, I get it now. I see what's going on. Ah...
0: So they're not allowed to let go of them. They have to stay in contact with them and lift them. But you are allowed to do this on line-out plays.
1: Oh, this is so much better than football. (laughs) I see what you were trying to get at. I wasn't sure what was going on. Sorry, I wasn't there yesterday for the reiteration of the NFL primer. I must have missed it. But now I get what you're saying.
0: Yes, yes. So that's what the touchlines are.
1: Ah, I see, okay.
0: Now you have the goal line or try lines at each end of the field, which is where the goal posts are. Uh-huh. Now, this is where teams can score tries, which is a try is when a player touches the ball down in the imposing team's in goal area. Okay. Which is basically you have to fall to the ground or touch the ball to the ground behind the goal posts across the goal line. All right. How many points do you think it's worth? Because <sighs> you saw the scores of the games before. Six. It is worth five. Five, okay. Now, the goal posts are the two posts. They're 5.6 meters or 6.1 yards apart, and a minimum of 11 meters or 12 yards high. Okay. But usually at the pro level, they're closer to 16 to 17 yards high. Okay. There's a crossbar that connects them, which is going to be three meters above the ground forming that H shape. Mm. So there's not a singular goal post. These are full H goal posts. And this is where you can kick the ball through for points okay interesting continuing on the field you have the dead ball line which is the back of the end goal area where's the boundary of the playing area and if the ball goes past it, it is out of bounds and if the ball lands behind this line a scrum is awarded to the opponent of the team that sent it out of bounds okay and usually the team that ends up sending it out of bounds tends to be the team trying to score into the opposing area right Because you can still drop the ball and kick it and dribble it while you're running to get ahead to try and sprint faster instead of carrying the ball. Uh So if you are not able to gather possession and land in the score area, it can go across that line, and then it's rewarded to the other team. Okay. In that diagram I showed you earlier that you said looked like a circuit board. it did. There are multiple dash lines uh, running the length and width of the field. The 15-meter dash lines are 15 meters from each sideline, each touch line, and are used for throw-ins. The 10-meter lines are 10 meters from the halfway line and mark how far the ball must travel when a kickoff is made when the game starts or restarts. Uh, Interesting how it's 10 meters, Mark. You remember how I said onside kicks have to cross a certain distance in American football? They have to go 10 yards before you can get possession. It's the minimum kickoff distance. Uh, they took the 10 meters from rugby, converted into yards American uh, football.
1: Which, in all honesty, yards are so. The imperial system is so dumb. Oh, Listen, it is. everybody who's watching this or listening to this from outside of America and like, Americans are so dumb for not using the metric system. We know! We know, but it's what they teach. We don't know why. That's just what they do. We know that metric's better and that it's used in scientific communities in America and in universities and stuff. It's still the metric system. It's just for some reason, they refuse to stop teaching it in school and they won't change over for some reason.
0: Bureaucracy. We know, yes. Ugh. yes. All right. Anyway, in a mat. Just kidding. There are 15 players on each rugby team. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. No, we're going to play a match. But there's 15 players on each rugby team. Each position has various sub-positions. Okay. Eight players are forwards and sevens are called backs, and the jerseys they wear designate what position they play. Okay. They will have a designated number that relates to their position. Okay. To start a match, Mm -hmm. first of all, it's made up of two 40-minute halves with a 15-minute halftime break. Before the game begins, the referee and a captain from each team get ready and do the coin toss. Oh, I see. Interesting. Very original rugby. Very original. Okay. Gives you the choice of either doing the kickoff or deciding which end of the field you want to start on. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Your team's kicker, ball in hand, heads to the half line to get ready to kick the ball towards the opposing team. While your team lines up near the 10-meter line getting ready to rush the opposing team Uh for the clash of these titans of players, these muscly, beefy, fast monsters of men and or women and or other. Okay. They're spread out. As the whistle sounds, the kicker drops the ball from his hands and he kicks it high up into the air. It's a drop kick. Your team runs towards the opposing team ready to tackle anyone who touches the ball. This sounds like you're describing American football. It's very similar, except it's not on a tee. It's drop kicked. After the kickoff, the game then gets into full swing. When you're on defense, you're trying to swarm the player with the ball to tackle them to the ground and prevent them from moving towards your goal line. Uh This is fascinating. This is where downs became a play. Uh Each team can only be tackled 20 times down to the ground before it's a turnover to the other team if they fail to score. This is what became downs and distances in American football is why it's called downs instead of attempts. Because it's based on the player being down to the ground while ha- having possession of the ball. So. Yep. All right. <laughs> so getting into the positions, because this is, this is an important part and the numbers are important. Sure, sure. This is the first type of positions, the forwards. They're usually the powerhouses of the team with their main task of getting possession of the ball. They're the largest and strongest players of the team. Multiple positions that fall under forwards are the prop, which wear the number one and three. You have two of them. Okay. You have the hooker, who wears number two, Uh huh. the second row that wear four and five, and the flankers that wear six and seven. Okay. The props support the hooker and their main job of preventing the ball from moving backwards. Uh Uh-huh. So they need to be big and strong to support the hooker during the scrum. Scrum. This is basically how a rugby scrum looks. Oh. You have three people in the front. You see the hooker is in the middle and the props are to the side. Uh Ah. As a scrum happens, the props are there to support the hooker so that they prevent the ball from moving backwards. They're really preventing them from moving backwards. Right. Of course. The hooker is the decision maker for that front line. Uh Uh-huh coordinating with forwards to win possession of the ball because what happens during the scrum is on this left-hand side yeah one of the teams has a player that will toss the ball into the middle of the scrum and the hooker is literally trying to hook the ball back towards their number 8 interesting using their foot ah so they're pushing against another the other team trying to push to be able to gain possession of the ball uh uh-huh. it's basically like um in hockey you know how they have the face off they're doing the same thing, but they're having to physically push each other as a team and as a unit. Uh-huh. All alright. Interesting. Okay. Now, the hooker also is the person who has to have a precise throwing arm because they're the ones who throw the ball in during those lineouts. That's who you saw on the sideline throwing the ball in. Uh-huh. The second row are known as locks. They're responsible for catching the ball thrown by the hooker during the lineouts and are the tallest players on the team. Uh-huh. They need to be good at catching and tackling, and their height gives them an advantage when jumping to catch the ball. Then you have your flankers, which are number six and seven. They're the jack of all trades of the team, and they support the other forwards. They tend to be good at catching the ball, running, and tackling. They're the most versatile players. They tend to be the key players in stealing possessions of the ball, intercepting passes, which in rugby, there is no forward pass allowed. It's all laterals. It's all throwing it backwards. All right, cool. The number eight player supports the flankers and needs to have powerful legs because they're responsible for gaining yards when the ball is near their opponent's try line. They're usually the big muscly guys that you see people dragging people in rugby that are hanging off of them. Mm, Gotcha. This player can pick up the ball from the back of the scrum and run to gain yards. So in this scrum, there's 15 players on a team. You have eight. The first eight numbers are the scrum. They're all the forwards. Now, As number eight gets the ball, they have the opportunity to pass it back to the backs, which are usually the fast, quick guys. They're the primary scorers. They're the runners. Uh They wear the numbers nine through 15. Your scrum half, number nine, is the main communicator between the backs. So he's coordinating the attack and making decisions, lightning fast decisions on what to pass, what plays to run, stuff like that. Mm. Then you have your number 10, who's the fly half. He's the one who's the most pivotal role on the team and is responsible for deciding whether to pass or kick the ball. They're also the best kicker. They're the ones that usually kick for conversions when there's a penalty. Mm-hmm. Then you have your wings, who are positioned at the edges of the field, and their job is to look for scoring opportunities as well as provide defense from the opposing team. They will also be the ones that keep you in bounds. They make sure that you don't go out of bounds to turn the ball over. Uh-huh. Gotcha. They're often the fastest players... Since their goal is to score tries, usually because they're passing it towards the goal line to get around the defense. That's why the wings are usually the fastest centers are important for both offensive defense. They need to run score run fast when the fly half passes them the ball, as well as tackle opponents, to prevent them from getting to the goal line. They play in the center of the field. And then the fullback is your main defensive guy who plays back and needs to work well under pressure, they need to be good at tackling as well as running and effectively guard the goal line. Okay, gotcha. They're the primary defensive guys. They're the full back because they are play the fullest back towards your defending line. Interesting. So these yeah. names actually have meanings. Yes. Except the number uh, eight is literally just called number eight.
1: Eight. Just eight? Just eight. That's eight over there. Don't ask him his name.
0: A lot of times, the number eight tends to be uh, the number eight, and the wings tend to be amongst the most famous of the rugby players.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Because they're the ones that score the most tries, the most times they get into the end zone and touch touch it down. I'm using football terms in rugby, and people are going to yell at me, but it's the way you know to convey to the majority of listeners in America. Mm -hmm. So, during the match. Game's in full swing. You and your teammates are locked into a battle with the opposing team using brute strength to try and stop the forwards from advancing even a single meter. Uh, After each try is scored, penalty awarded, or out of bounds, there's a kickoff, which is basically the restart of the game. They kick it off. So in the first half, your team scores a try. Your team's fly half kicks the ball through the goalposts, gaining another two points from tremendous cheers of the crowd. Oh, interesting. After a few more tries, your kicker sends a penalty kick through the goalposts after awarding the fly, like the half-fly kicking it through the goalpost, getting the bonus two points, which mm. equals seven, similar to American football, five plus seven instead All of six right. plus one. Uh-huh. And then the penalty kicks are worth three. Oh, it's funny. It's like exactly like field goals in football, American football.
1: Interesting. They stole everything.
0: Yep. <laughs> so ref calls halftime. You have your 15 minutes ref rest. Okay. The second half occurs. The teams switch sides. Each team now has to deal with the sun shining into their eyes whether whether it's one side or the other but usually that's the way it's oriented so you'll either have sun in your eyes in the first half or sun in your eyes in the second half. Okay. The hooker throws the ball to the second row mm-hmm. who tosses it to the number eight. The number eight to the half scrum. Half scrum to the fly half to the wing who has an opening and runs the ball down the field over the diving over the goal, goal line. Uh-huh. All of those laterals, it's working inside out from the field because the hooker gets it in the scrum, who then passes it to the second row, who tosses it to number eight, who then passes it to your halfback or your scrum half to the fly half, which is further out to the wing. All of those are backs. They're the ones that are fast. Right. So as the clock winds down, your team scores another try. The game is tied 22 to 22 with an excellent catch by your number 11 wing. Your team just manages to score a try before the clock hits zero, making you win 27 to 22. Yeah. Basically, the entire game is based off of those particular things, throwing the ball backwards, ladder only to each other, scrumming, fighting for the ball, pushing against each other when an out of bounds play happens or a penalty occurs. And then the lineouts being able to do the throw in and then lateral pass to try and work forward. And the whole time, the only way to stop the opposing team is either to gain possession of the ball mm-hmm. or down the opponent 20 times before they can get to the end zone. Now when you down an opponent, once the person is down, they want to try and get the ball out to their team as fast as possible, backwards laterally. Uh-huh. That's how the the play continues. There's no real steal. Like, you can try and intercept that, but for the most part, you're trying to hold the guy to the ground so that he can't keep get up and keep moving. Okay. And so they'll lateral it back, and then they'll swing the ball around and try and keep running forward. Sometimes it's can be really fast play where somebody takes off for a long distance, but more often than not, it's a it's a massive grind where it's like... um I'm trying to think. What's that term where you're like here, and you pass it back, and then that line moves forward? It's like pivoting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like... You are working one edge, then working the other edge and like walking forward as a unit. So I have a question that I've been trying to look up
1: information of about this whole time. And maybe it's not the right question to ask about rugby, but I imagine it's in a lot on a lot of people's minds. People who don't know about the sport or maybe do know a little bit about the sport. I'm so curious. What is the injury rate? because i know that it, i'm not questioning people that play rugby i know that people that play rugby are like we're, we're tough and tough and i like i get that you're very tough it's very strong it's great whatever i'm not trying to like compare it to nfl but i am kind of just like interested because they obviously don't wear pads they obviously don't have helmets and i'm sure that they they we've talked about this before with like they they learned to like Hit correctly, or something like that, or they they tackle differently. They're not like differently. doing.
0: They're not like missing themselves, like they think they're inven- yeah. invincible, like in American football.
1: Yeah, but I still am very curious as to what you know this kind of leads to uh, in 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 anywhere because no matter what, you got big burly guys going real fast, hitting each other. It's going to lead to some injuries. I'm kind of curious, just like what is the injury rate in this?
0: So what I see. Mm-hmm is in senior men's professional union matches, 81 per 1,000 player match hours. So 81 injuries occur in 1,000 match hours collectively amongst all the players. What does that mean? All right, so you got 15 15 players on each team, right? Yeah. So each, if they all play for the entire duration of the match, which is two 40-minute halves is what I said, I think. Okay. Yeah, it was right. So basically you have 80 minutes. So 80 minutes of play time times 15 is 1,200 minutes. Mm-hmm. So each match is 20 player hours. Okay. So there's 81 injuries per 1,000 player hours. So it's actually pretty low. Okay. In, in actual games. This is based on the uh, Rugby Europe Injury Surveillance Report that was done by the National Institutes of Health. Gotcha. Rugby is still number one in concussions. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I was kind of curious about is just like with concussions because that has become a big thing in American football. So I'm wondering if it's like – if it's also going to be a big thing in rugby in general, just not that there's anything. I'm not saying like people shouldn't play. That's, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I am just like kind of interested being like, uh, is there the same kind of concern flowing around like the player base or like people observing it that there is here now in America?
0: Yeah. So according to this data from concussion management in 2018 across all sports, Men's rugby had the highest rate of concussion for people over the age of 18 with a rate of three concussions per every 1,000 players per game. Okay. Which I think they mean player hours, which is what we were talking about again. Whereas American football comes in second in 2.5 concussions per every 1,000 players per game. Now, Uh the only thing that is a problem with this, report rates. Right, of course. Because American football in 2018 was very much warrior mentality This was before a lot of the new rules that required the NFL to step in and interject. Uh I'm willing to bet you that American football has a higher concussion rate significantly now than based on this data in 2018. Mm, Okay. Simply because I think in 2018 it was underreported. Okay. That makes sense. And players would often go back into the game. Uh So that would be my argument. So I would, I personally think nowadays that, Concussions are far more frequent in American football than they are in rugby. Uh-huh. And there's, there's numerous data, like if you just look that up. Uh-huh. So rule breaks, the laws of the game. Basically, these are all the ways that penalties occur. Oh, so a way a scrum can form, Mark, is mm-hmm. when uh, a ruck occurs. A ruck. A ruck is where instead of the player being downed with the ball, they get stopped and held up, uh-huh. and they're no longer able to advance. Okay. That is what is called a ruck. It's a stoppage, or the player is down, and you, you're fighting over possession of the ball. Mm-hmm. A ruck, by principle, is to allow players to compete for the ball, which is on the ground. So if it's no longer held by a player. You form a ruck. A ruck can only take place on the field of play and is formed at least one player from each team are in contact on their feet and over the ball on the ground. And so each team will then start pushing and basically form a push to try and be able to compete to get the ruck or get the ball. Okay. Got it. There's like an offsides line. This is so complicated. (laughs) I mean, probably not more complicated than American football,
1: but I get the general gist of it. I get it. Yeah. The the minor details of everything I think I can I can get behind.
0: Yeah. So everything else is basically the simplicity of it is you have to pass the ball backwards. Uh-huh. You score points by kicking the ball through the uprights or which is called a try or a try uh-huh. is when you put it in the end zone and then kicking it through the uprights. What is a kick in rugby called? There's a penalty kick and then. I had looked up all this stuff before, and now it's gone. Anyway. Uh, it's okay. But basically, you you get options when penalties occur, whether you take a penalty kick or not. The most fascinating thing to me, Mark, mm. is the rugby kicking tee. The kicking so, tee? That's yes.
1: the most fascinating thing of all so,
0: this? I, I mean, there's a lot of fascinating things about this, but this uh, is what fascinates me the most. Rugby kicking tees, you can use a tee. You can bring a tee. What usually ends up happening is they bring wet, damp sand, and they build a tee. What? Yes.
1: What? Why? Why would that be better? How would that
0: be better? You can fully shape it, and it won't impede your kick. It'll disperse and fall apart as opposed to being a harder object. It's fascinating, and they get a certain time limit to build the sand tee. Interesting.
1: So enough people decided that they were going to bring sand matches that so they kind of made a rule like, all right, you can bring it, but you only have a certain amount of time.
0: It's actually a traditional thing was to use sand or mud to levitate the ball above the ground to ready it to strike uh. because back then they didn't have the plastic tees and it didn't make sense to use wood. You could hurt yourself and then it'd be on the field. This allows it to disperse, to prevent injuries, and also at the same time to build the tea to exactly how you like it or how you want it. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Okay, I see. All right. Cool.
0: And it's actually ingenious because it doesn't impede or hurt the field and actually can help the growth of the grass and everything. Wow. Because is often using that. It's, it's I think it's really cool.
1: <laughs> it, it is cool, but man, that seems really silly. I'm just like, I'm going to just say it. That's pretty silly. But I love it. I'm about it.
0: It's just silly. So, I mean, that's, that's rugby. You score it. You put it in the end zone. You get five points. Then you get the after kick that's worth two if you make uh-huh. it between the uprights. And that's going to be from the, the 22 line, the penalty line. If you're within the scoring area or think you're in range after, I believe, uh, when a penalty occurs or after you get to your 20 downs, you can attempt a kick. Okay, all right. And that, if it's not after a try, which is touching the ball into the scoring area, it's worth three points, much like a field goal in football.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. Well, good to know.
0: That's rugby. Boom. Boom. Enjoy the World Cup.
1: All right, everybody enjoy the World Cup. Now you're armed with everything you need to know to go into rugby with um something,
0: something good. Yep. Argentina and New Zealand play tomorrow, and on Saturday, England and South Africa will play. Uh-huh, interesting. And that'll determine who's in the World Cup final that takes place on October 28th. All right.
1: You heard it here first, everybody. You can't complain about anything, so shut up. You know what you need
0: to know. At least enough to be able to enjoy a a game. That's true, that's true. But we'll leave you off to end this with the Rugby All Blacks Haka. With the what? Oh, I know about this. Oh, they're holding hands. They're so nice. (laughs)
1: Yippee. <laughs> go team go my favorite sports team
0: yeah i had a i had a friend of mine in uh, grad school who's a huge rugby guy um and he introduced me to uh the all blacks and being able to watch a lot of that so right. it's really cool but anyway go enjoy the world cup thanks for watching with listening all of that stuff uh if you want to support the podcast we do have merch
1: Yes, get your fingering of a lifetime only at store.gmfst.com. Remember to get the Infinity Finger Bundle. Use code FINGER at checkout. Be sure to finger that checkout button right and strong so you can get everything that you need to finger sports and let the world know you aren't shy to finger your sports.
0: Also, be sure to join the collective Discord we have with Distractable. It's the DistractAgo Discord. That link is on the subreddit, both subreddits. And if you have jacuses or comments or other things you want to share, we do have the subreddit at, uh, what is it?
1: reddit.com slash r
0: slash gmfst. Just leave the
1: URLs to me, buddy. I got it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Good, good.
1: That's yeah. F-I-N-G-E-R at checkout at store.gmfst.com. And it's reddit.com slash r slash gmfst for all of your fingering needs and sporting
0: needs. All right.